You're listening to the free preview episode of On Belief, a podcast about cults by Karen Geyer. To hear the entire episode, go to patreon.com forward slash Karen Geyer, K-A-R-E-N-G-E-I-E-R, and sign up. It's only $5 for the entire series. This is On Belief, a podcast about cults by Karen Geyer. Last year, one of the episodes of this show that caused quite a few waves was the episode about large group awareness training. Many people postulated that perhaps they knew the organization that shall not be named that attempted to send me a very nasty letter and threatened to sue me. Since then, I have been approached by many people who have attended similar sessions from similar large group awareness training groups. One of those is my guest today. Her name is Kate. She's a comedy writer from England, and she wanted to share her very personal story about attending a weekend seminar for one of these large group awareness training groups and to alert us about a very scary situation that happened to her at the very end of her course. Kate, thank you so much for being here with us today. Kate, what can you tell me about how you became aware of the group in question? I was living in the south of England in a place called Brighton, which is very kind of bohemian and trendy and forward thinking. And I lived there for around 13 years. And uh, my hairdresser of 10 years was into So she'd mentioned to me a couple of times about it. And I'd kind of stayed, stayed a, a couple of steps back from it. I, I, something didn't quite feel right about it. So she'd invited me to probably in the 10 years, probably two meetings. And I kind of politely declined and she was very respectful. Um, her partner um, got very, very into And I kind of obviously through knowing my hairdresser um, got to know her partner and um, you know went for a coffee and again it was and again I declined so I kind of dodged it for for a good 10 years. I moved away from the south so I'm back in the north of England now um, because I work full-time on quit like a decent job and made this big leap to be a creative. Let's call this lady, let's call my hairdresser's partner Natalie. So Natalie kind of stays in contact with me and all she ever talks about is So, I mean, I've done my research. I've read some articles. I think there's an, a Guardian article about, you know, cult. And it was a pretty fair article. You know, the, the lady said that she got a few things out of it and uh, it was very helpful for her. So, yes, yeah, so I moved um, back to the north, um, kind of living on a couple hundred dollars a month so I could pursue my creative dreams, which is great. Uh, Lord's happier. And out in the blue, Natalie um, asks if she can video call me. So a letter. And um, in this call, she's kind of like, she's speaking a lot of terminology. She's very manic. 
um, she's like, you know, can I sign you up? It's going to be brilliant for you. And I explained to her, you know, I already do mindfulness. I've had 15 years of therapy. So I kind of know my own mind. I know all about my own history. I know about my family and why I am the way I am. You know, I've got a really good sense of who I am as a person. It didn't seem, I, I feel like people got to to try and fix things or get some kind of therapy from it. And um, yeah, I've done like meditation, mindfulness, yoga, all those kinds of things. And I've got a lot of self-help uh, techniques to kind of keep myself mentally balanced, which is really important for me. While I'm on the phone, to her, well, video call in, she kind of talks me into it, but she also signs me up for it while I'm on the video call. So I kind of get in a, put in a position where she's just paid for me to do it. So I'm like, no, you don't understand. I don't have that money. I don't have $600. You know, I think it's 580 pounds um, English to go and do this thing. If anything, I would spend $600 on a plane ticket to LA, which is my dream, and to, to go and have a holiday there. Or I would spend it, if I needed therapy, I'd maybe spend it on a yoga retreat or something nice. So I'm in a position where she's paid for it. She tells me I can pay her back in two years. And after my life is going to change. I'm going to be making lots of money. So, you know, I'll be able to pay her back. Everything's going to be different. It's going to change my life. So I'm like, oh, okay. So I think I'll give it a go. I'll see what happens. Um, so I have two months to kind of scrape together a train fare. Bear in mind, I don't live in Brighton anymore. I live in the north of England and the is in London. So that's about five hours for me from here. So that's a hundred pounds train fare. Uh, anyway, she finds me um, a person's flat to stay in. <laughs> this is just incredible. Um, so there's a group and so she puts a message in the group. Can anyone put me up? So this lady who's from Brighton has got a flat in London in a really posh area of London. And anyway, so she gets me in contact with her. So I end up staying at this lady's house and she says, oh, it's going to be $50 for me to pay, pay a cleaner after you've left. So can you pay me that? So I'm already like nearly $200 down on train and this flat and you know I've got to pay for food as well it comes around and I have to go down to London and do, do so that's how I got from not doing it to doing it so I felt I trusted this woman um, I trusted Natalie um, she'd actually since since I'd moved back had split up with my hairdresser so they were not together and she was living in a different country so yeah so you know I trusted my hairdresser I trusted Natalie you know I thought if they think it's something good and it's worked for them maybe it could work for me maybe I have got areas of my life that I need to work on you know it, it could help me and that's kind of how I got to that point really. Was Natalie working for them the full time at this point? Yes, I believe so. She was doing volunteering and then she was, this phone call, this video uh, call was all about how she was now training to be a leader or some kind of something. I know now that they have different levels. 
And I also know now that to get to a next level, you have to sign up X amount, amount of people. So I feel like I was on a list and she thought, oh, I could target this person, this person, and this person. And that would help her, you know, get to the next steps, which I didn't know at the time. I thought she was kind of doing it out of the goodness of her heart. And also as well, when someone pays that amount of money for you, you think you don't want to be ungrateful. You don't want to be disrespectful to them. And I know, like looking back, I know I should have put my foot down and said no, but it was really hard because obviously they're trained the hard sell. And when it comes from a a friend or someone you trust, you think, oh, so they must want my best interests. You're describing a very common phenomenon, not just from recruiting, but from sales in general. It's called reciprocation. And it's the psychological phenomenon where if I give you something, you feel then pressured to give something to me back. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, I felt guilty. I, I mean, I felt, it was like two months until I had to do it and I felt I went from one end of the spectrum to the other thinking, okay, this could be good. And then thinking, what have I got myself into? Because the days just seem so long as well. And obviously I mentioned to you about self-care. I have a very tight self-care kind of regime, which is like, you know, get an early night, have plenty of sleep, eat every few hours to keep my blood sugar up, drink lots of water, drink lots of cups of tea, um, go for walks, get fresh air, do some exercises, do do stretches, uh, talk to a friend, you know, all these things that as soon as you turn up to do like go straight out the window because they don't they want to control everything over the next three days of what you do. And that it was so <laughs> so anxious to get there and realize we weren't allowed to take hot drinks in the room, we weren't allowed to take food in the room. Somebody asked about the hot drinks and they said, oh, people spill them on the carpet, so we don't allow them. I'm thinking everyone in here has just spent $600 and you don't trust them with a hot drink. The the bin, the trash was filled with everyone's like $5 cappuccinos and lattes. Like they just made them put them in the bin. So there's your first bit of control right there. And then you, I'm very sensitive to um, lighting and the lighting in the room the ceilings are quite low I'm quite tall I'm six foot so the the ceiling seemed low the lighting was all strip like fluorescent lighting it was there was windows at the back of us I can't remember whether they were covered with blinds or not I think they might have been it was really hard to tell but you're kind of you're put into this room quite a big room but the chairs you know, they're all squished together and they're not the most comfortable chairs. So me being me, I sat on the end of a row as as much as I could so I could stretch out my legs. I've got really long legs. It was like sitting on, you know, like an aeroplane. <laughs> Just the next person's head was right there. You've got someone like up against your elbow and your arm. Again, control. They want you to feel, you know, squished in, uncomfortable. Um, so yeah, so the anxiety was already there when I went in. Um, and then the toilet as well, they encourage you not to go to the toilet because you might miss something and that might affect you getting the four this big thing, you know, you're working towards getting the four 
so yeah so I was kind of sat there thinking what the hell am I doing and they know that you're thinking that because they start saying you know this isn't for everyone people in a weak state of mind don't last have integrity you need integrity what is integrity and then they start giving all this speech about and they change the meaning of enroll enrolling people and enrolling yourself in in the terminology it just yeah that's when things start to 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 kind of change and it's almost like if you don't get it then that's your fault like it's something in you if you're moaning about this room it's something in you that needs fixing the other thing they did as well which I only remembered because I was reading other people's accounts was they um change the temperature of the room so it'd be really freezing cold and then it'd be really hot and I don't know why they would do that whether it's a control thing but yeah I remember it quite clearly now this is lo- there's actually loads of things over the three days that I'd forgotten about until I started reading in the forums I was like oh yeah they did that there's big chunks of my memory that I can't I can't remember which is worrying because <laughs> it's like what were we doing you know you're in that room for it's a 12-hour day, isn't it? You're probably in that room for around 10 hours. You have two 20-minute breaks, and they tell you when you can have them. And then you have your 7 o'clock, hour and a half, when you're supposed to eat. And on them 20-minute breaks, they encourage you to go and make phone calls. They don't encourage you to go and drink water or eat. They encourage you to go and make phone calls to make amends with people in your life so you can move on. I mean, I witnessed women like women like me um, kind of crouching in the corridor, trying to shove food into their mouth, almost crying, <laughs> you know, and it, there's like loads of people, women waiting for the toilet. You've got like 200, 150, 200 women all waiting for a 20 minute gap when they can all use the toilet and the six toilets, like just things like that that looking back it just seems crazy other people that have come on the show and talked about the group that you're talking about mentioned that they got documents before attending that told them you know that they needed to get a letter from their doctor to confirm that they were okay to attend um they may have had to sign some non-disclosure agreements did any of that happen to you no no didn't get any of that I can't even, people said that they had to sign something before they even went in the room. I can't even remember signing anything. There was not, no, nothing. No. Whether it's different in the U, the US and Canada to UK, I'm not sure. Maybe more people sue in America. Maybe that's the difference. As English people are too polite to even complain about anything. They better not complain about being sat on this uncomfortable chair for 10 hours. To unlock the rest of this episode, visit patreon.com forward slash K-A-R-E-N-G-E-I-E-R. It's only $5 to unlock over 20 hours of content.